to Shazak. Pesach is in the air. Go now to shazak.com slash Pesach. What's there? I'll tell you. Out of Egypt movie, 92 minutes is the entire version. What an unexpected pleasure. Quizzers. And they're sure a lot of fun and educational. I, I mean educational. Hey, who writes this stuff? I'm confused. The Pesach Post. Special Passover editions. Downloadable. Wow. Oh, goody. And don't forget Pesach on a page. In color and black and white. Yes. Truly amazing. And a lot more. Keep on coming back to Shazak because we keep on posting new stuff. That sounds awesome. Oh no, it's terrific. So don't miss it and have a happy and healthy Passover. But do not, I repeat, do not pass over Shazak. Get it? Passover? Shazak? Pesach? Ay, 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 ay. It's past the babbling hour. Could you get to the point? So go now to shazak.com slash Pesach. Okay, okay, here we go. I'm so excited. That was foolish of the paro before me. Why in the world? Why in the world? Did he make Yosef the Jew second in command to the king? Ach, Jew! Paro, king of Egypt, orders you to appear. Orders you to appear. I understand that uh, you can interpret. You can interpret dreams. So tell me. First, I dreamt of seven skinny cows swallowing seven fat cows. And in my second dream, I saw seven thin, scrawny stalks of wheat devouring seven plump stalks of wheat. What does this mean? This is no ordinary dream. God is warning you. God is warning you. Warning? God? What are you saying? Speak, servant. Speak, servant. God is warning His Majesty that for seven years there will be a terrible worldwide hunger. Worldwide to survive, you must start storing food immediately. Then, when the famine comes, Your Majesty and His people will be saved. People from all over the world will come to Egypt to buy food, and Your Majesty will become the wealthiest man on planet Earth. Man on planet Earth. You've unlocked the mystery of my tree. Mystery of my tree. Misfortune. Into fortune, to fortune. As a reward, I hereby crown you second in command second and in chief command. of food distribution. And I invite your entire family to dwell in our finest suburb, Goshen. There, they will live in peace and security and never again feel it necessary to go out of Egypt. Out of Egypt. Out of Egypt, starring the voices of David Sokolov, Michael Shoshani, Sarah Garner, Rabbi Mendel Moskowitz, and John Napierkowski. Audio technical engineering, Michael Shoshani. Audio editing and effects, 
John Napierkowski. Music by C. Landsbaum, Yaron Gershovsky, and Yiddish Music Goes Gypsy. And the director and executive producer, Rabbi Moshe Moskowitz. Years later, a new Paro rose to power, who conveniently chose to forget how Yosef the Jew saved Egypt from famine and starvation, and built Paro's empire into the world's superpower. Your Royal Majesty, Mighty Paro, we have a most urgent problem to deal with. Problem? What's that? The problem is the Jews. They are multiplying at astonishing rates. There are millions of them everywhere. Jews, you say? I can't take it anymore. There's too many of them. Before long, there will be enough of them to take over Egypt. This has gone far enough. If the Jews take over, I'll lose my throne. I'll lose my power. I'll... I'll lose my entire country. I must stop them. But how? Royal Scribe! For the record, record this new and improved policy. Effective immediately. Whereas I am sick and tired of hearing about the population explosion of the aforementioned Jewish peoples. Are you following, Scribe? Mm-hmm. Let it be therefore known and remembered that mighty Paro, ruler of the Egyptian Empire, will hereby do everything in his power to solve the Jewish issue. Uh, now what? What should my next step be? Aha! I have a plan. A devious, diabolical, deceitful, demonical, delicious plan. <laughs> and so Paro summoned his advisors immediately and was soon ready to begin his despicable plan. Step right up! Show your patriotism! Paro wants you! Sign up now! Ask not what Egypt can do for you, ask what you can do for Egypt! Join Paro's team for the grandest, most spectacular national project in Egypt's history! Earn big money! Megabucks! Mucho mula! Sign up here! The Jews fell right into Paro's trap, and many signed up to work for Paro's important project. Ladies and gentlemen, announcing our great and magnificent Paro, ruler of the Egyptian Empire. Fellow workers, I am overwhelmed by your tireless efforts. 
I can now return to the palace with full confidence that this project is in excellent hands. Before I leave, I want you always to remember that I have given my arms, my precious time, sacrificed my blood, my sweat, and my very soul to make this historic national project a reality. Let's hear it for Carl! Carl's number one! Egypt forever! Egypt, 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 Egypt! Oh, before I forget, one more important detail. From now on, you will no longer be paid. What are you all staring at? Get to work! Huh? What? Oh. Did you not hear me? The party is over! This is ridiculous! It's inhumane! I'll tell you what it is. It's slavery! Later that day... Boy, oh, I've already slept two dozen bricks in the last half hour! My poor back is breaking! This desert sun is frying me to a crisp. I can't take it anymore. What do we have here? A couple of lazy Jews having a leisurely conversation? Back to work or I'll whip you into shape! Get it? Whip? <laughs> <laughs> Paro consulted his royal stargazer, who was staring off into space through his telescope to find out whether or not the royal get rid of the Jews plan was succeeding. The spirits of the Jews must surely be broken by now. Do you see evidence of that, stargazer? Actually, with all due respect, your majesty, I see quite the opposite. They are exhausted, no doubt about that. Remarkably, though, they continue to somehow find joy and happiness in their daily lives. In fact, judging by the Jewish population explosion, it would seem that your methods of slavery perhaps uh, need a bit more time to be effective. Hmm. What is it? Uh-oh. What? That's not good. Tell me. Tell me, what do you see? Well, well, well. I command you to tell me what you're seeing. Now! You won't like it. I won't like what? A child will be born who will grow up and lead the Jews to freedom. A child? A boy. A leader? Yes, 
a redeemer, a liberator. For the Jews. For the slaves. These slaves are mine. The stars don't lie. Nothing can change the future. Nothing? Nonsense. I am Paro. I am in total control of everything in this world. I, not the stars, will have the final say in Egypt. Guards! Summon the Jewish midwives. They help bring Jewish children into the world. We will use them to erase, eradicate, exterminate, eliminate, annihilate, and wipe out every Jewish newborn boy forever and ever. The Jewish Midwives, Yocheved and her daughter Miriam, also known as Shifra and Pua, arrived at the king's palace. As they walked closer to the throne room, they felt more and more uncomfortable. Mommy, why has Paro summoned us? I don't know, Miriam. I think it has to do with our helping Jewish mothers deliver babies. Your Royal Highness, Announcing the Jewish midwives, Shifra and Pua. I have a most important mission for you. A crucial mission that will benefit the entire Egyptian empire. Your task is to take the Hebrew baby boys the moment they are born and send them on a journey to the next world. You want us to kill them? You meanie, you monster. Heaven will punish you for your wickedness. You just wait. You'll see. You, you, you. Guards, seize this brat. No one speaks that way to the mighty Paro. Have mercy, your majesty. She's only a child. To take offense at the outburst of a little girl is surely beneath the dignity of the great ruler of the Egyptian empire. I'll let it go this time. But now, to the task. My command is law, and you must obey. Now leave! Mother, what are we going to do? We can't possibly... Shh, shh, my daughter. We must warn all expectant mothers to hide their newborns. But we must do more. Like what? We shall provide food and water to those mothers who are giving birth. And with the help of the Almighty, we will save the innocent children from the clutches of the murderous Paro. Sometime later... The almighty Paro commands the Jewish midwives, Shifrempua, to appear before him immediately. What are you going to say, Mother? 
I'm sure Paro knows we didn't follow his orders. Shh, dear, I have an idea. And try to control yourself in front of the king. Announcing the Jewish midwives. She didn't I command to get rid of the babies as soon as they were born? I demand an explanation! Your Highness, the Jewish women are not like Egyptian women. They deliver quickly and easily, just like animals in the wild. Animals, you say? Yes. By the time we get there, the Jewish women have already given birth. Does she think I'm a fool? So, you think you can outsmart me, the almighty, the all-knowing king of Egypt? Well, from now on, the baby boys are to be thrown into the Nile River. And this time, it'll be the mighty soldiers of the Egyptian Empire who will carry out my orders. With Paro's new evil decree, the future looked bleak for the Jews in Egypt. However, soon after, little Miriam received a prophecy from God. A prophecy which kept hope alive for her people. Miriam, your parents will give birth to the Redeemer of Israel. Miriam, your father is having an important meeting. Uh-oh. I'd better be there. Amram, Yocheved's husband, was at that time the leader of the Jewish people. After much serious thought, he came to a startling conclusion. Fellow Jews, I must make a public announcement. With all these innocent children being thrown into the Nile, I no longer see the virtue of bringing them into the world. Father! What are you telling the people? What are you saying? I'm saying that in order to avoid having any more children, I've divorced your mother. Father, your decree is worse than Paro's. He's only acting against the boys. Your decree will also mean the end of the girls. For the sake of the Jewish people, you must remarry at once. But my dear Miriam... Listen to me, Father. God will grant you the child who will lead our people to freedom and march with us out of Egypt. Amram accepted Miriam's prophetic words. He remarried Yocheved, and the wedding was performed in a spirit of great celebration. Mother, you look absolutely gorgeous. Thank you, dear. Amram wanted the men to follow what he did. Congratulations! And that's exactly what happened. The men returned to their wives just as Amram returned to his. At the wedding, little Miriam said to her younger brother Aharon, Come on, Aaron! Dance! Dance! This is the beginning of our coming freedom! On the seventh day of the month of Adar, Amram and Yocheved had a baby boy. Yocheved, look! The entire house! 
It's all lit up. It's amazing. The light is coming from the baby. Quick, Miriam, pull the shades down. Miriam, your prophecy is coming true. Meanwhile, back at the palace... What do you mean the Redeemer of the Jews still lives? My guards tell me that all of the male babies in Egypt have been drowned. He can't be still alive. It has been so revealed in the star... Double the spies! Send more soldiers! No more excuses! I want that boy found now! Miriam, we know Paro is tracking the baby through the stargazer's advice. I have an idea which may throw them off the trail. I've made a special floating basket. We'll put the baby in it and set it adrift in the Nile River. That way the astrologers will see in the stars that the baby's been thrown into the river. I get it. Then Paro will think his decree has succeeded and call off the baby hunt. Sure enough, Yocheved's plan worked. The stargazer happily informed Paro that there was no more reason for concern. They both now thought that the little boy redeemer had been thrown into the river and had drowned. Little did they know that Yocheved and Amram's son was sailing gently down the Nile under the watchful eyes of his sister, Miriam. Later that day, Paro's daughter, Batya, approached the riverbank. The idol worship in Father's palace is totally disgusting. I'm much more attracted to the beauty and holiness of the Jewish people's faith. Of course, I can't tell that to Father. Hmm, I have an idea. I'll cleanse myself spiritually by bathing in the river. Hey, what is it out there? It looks like, like some kind of basket. I wish I could reach it. Huh, what's happening? It's, it's a miracle, my arm is stretching. <gasps> there, I've got it. Now, to see what's inside. <gasps> a baby! A beautiful baby boy! He's glowing with an extraordinary light. Now, now, shh, little one. Don't cry. I'll take care of you. My goodness, why would anyone throw such a handsome baby boy into the river? I know. Someone's trying to protect you from my father's henchmen. You're safe now. Hmm, still crying. Wait, of course, you must be hungry. I've got to find someone to nurse you. But who? Little Miriam, who had been watching everything from behind the reeds, suddenly emerged and bravely approached the princess. <clears throat> Excuse me, your highness. Yes? Actually... I thought I could help you. I could get you just the right nurse for the baby. 
a Jewish mother. Is that right? Wonderful, superb. Now go quickly. I'll wait for you here. Miriam returned with none other than the baby's mother, Yocheved. Your Highness, I believe this woman would be the perfect choice to nurse this baby. Take the baby and nurse him for me. You'll be well paid for your services. Many thanks. See how handsome and healthy he is? I expect him to be returned to me in the very same condition. Have no fear, Your Highness. I will care for him as if he were my own. With great relief, Yocheved took the baby from Batya. For two years, Yocheved cared for the child. Then he was returned to Princess Batya to be raised in the palace of Paro. Come here, my son. Yocheved has taken good care of you. Even at such a young age, you're so wise, strong, and handsome. It is time for you to receive a name, a Jewish name, to honor your heritage. Now, what shall it be? Your name will be Moshe, Min Hamaya Mishetihu. Out of the water I have pulled him. Moshe grew used to life as a favored young Egyptian prince, and even Paro was fond of the handsome boy. <laughs> Come, little man. Come sit on Grandpa Paro's lap. Hey, whoops, careful, Moshe. That's the crown of Egypt you're fooling around with. One fateful day, at a royal dinner, Moshe, who was three years old at the time, reached up and... Look! That boy took Paro's crown! Uh-huh. And put it on his own head! What could this mean? This boy must be the one your stargazers warned us about. Now he wants your crown. Next, it will be your entire kingdom. Kill him now, I say. Could the stargazer have been wrong about the Jewish leader being thrown into the Nile? Hey, stargazer! Uh, let's not get carried away. Um, most likely, he's simply a child who likes sparkly things. I have an idea. Let's give him a little test. They set before Moshe two bowls, one filled with unexciting and very dull bars of gold, and the other with shiny red hot coals. Your Majesty, if Moshe chooses the glowing coals over the bars of gold, We'll know he's just a normal child, attracted to shiny objects. And if he reaches for the bars of gold, this will prove that he wants your crown and your kingdom, and therefore must be eliminated. <gasps> no! Moshe began reaching for the bars of gold, 
when suddenly the angel Gabriel pushed his hand into the bowl of coals. He grabbed a coal but could Ouch. not hold it, and it flew towards his mouth. Ouch! That 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 hurts. You see, Your Majesty, that child is not the one. The stars have not lied. Yes, it would seem so. The outcome of the test eased Paro's worries for the time being. However, it was not without cost to Moshe, for his tongue was badly burned, and he spoke with a stutter from that day on. Years passed. After much thought, Moshe, now twenty years old, came to a crucial decision. The time has come for me to meet my people, the people of Israel. And so Moshe headed off to the construction site. What he saw shocked and saddened him. Isn't it wonderful? Not very efficient, but it's worth it. Just to see a Jew sweat. Moshe, his heart breaking for his oppressed people, got down into the slave pits himself to share their burdens, heal their wounds, and when needed, give the abandoned bodies of perished Jews a decent burial. Get over here, Jew. You look like you need a Ouch. break. Get it? Break. My arm <laughs> is broken. All right. Now that you've had your break, <laughs> it's time to get back to work. <laughs> Moshe could see it's with his ruach hakodesh, his godly vision, get it? that break. nothing good would ever come from this wicked Egyptian <laughs> or his descendants. He pronounced the holy and secret 42-letter name of God, and the evil taskmaster died instantly. Moshe quickly buried the Egyptian, but that was not the end of the incident. The very you next day... You despicable mound of dirty laundry! What's all that yelling? You no good scoundrel! I've had enough! It's two chews. I can't believe it. That's Datan, who I saved from the Egyptian. Hey, hey, stop that, you two. You stay out of this, Mr. High and Mighty. You're not our judge. You can't boss us around. Go back to your fancy palace where you belong. Wicked man. Why do you strike a fellow Jew? What are you gonna do about it? Kill me? Like you killed the Egyptian? <gasps> That's right! Your little secret is out! And it won't be long before everyone knows! Including Paro! Sure enough, as unfair as this was to Moshe, these two ungrateful, spiteful Jews carried out their threat, and Paro, already worried about losing his power, was more than willing to listen. Uh, 
Ahem. As I was telling his majesty, Moshe is a vicious murderer. Hmm. This boy must be one of Stargazer Now he wants you proud. Next, it will be your entire king. Kill him now. He's a very dangerous man. All right. I've heard enough. Off with his head! Moshe was led to the execution chamber. Hold still now, Moshe. It'll soon be over. No more headaches! What? I can't believe it. Moshe's neck has become hard as rock. Guards! What are you waiting for, you fools? Get him! Stop him! <laughs> Miraculously, the guards are blinded as see. Moshe makes hey, good his escape. Turn on the lights! Quit bumping into me! No! While the guards were blinded, Moshe made his escape from the evil power in Egypt. After many years and adventures, Moshe arrived in the land of Midian, a land famous for idol worship. There we meet Yitro, the high priest of the idol worshippers, who startled everyone with the astonishing announcement. No longer will I bow to blocks of wood and stone. They have eyes but cannot see, ears but cannot hear, and mouths that cannot talk. They have no power at all. It's total nonsense. Yitro was immediately reported to the higher authorities. For rejecting the idol worship of his countrymen, the High Council of Midian hereby casts Yitro from our midst. Let no man speak to him. Let no man conduct business with him. Let no man marry his daughters or help him in any way. Later that day at Midian's Well. Hey, look, you guys. Yitro the traitor can't get any decent help. He needs his daughters to watch his flock. Let's give them non-believers a hard time. Hey, girly. Out of the way. <gasps> you just gotta wait for us to finish. Men first. Moshe, seeing the cruel treatment of Yitro's daughters at the hands of the shepherds, courageously stepped forward. Leave those women alone! We're out of here! The grateful girls ran home to tell their father how they were rescued. Yitro was so impressed, he took Moshe as a husband for his beautiful daughter Zipporah. My dear Moshe, you are a blessing to me and my entire family. I welcome you as my very own son. And so Moshe, who came to Midian as a stranger, 
was now safe and secure with his new family, far from the threat of Paro. In time, the couple had two sons, named Gershom and Eliezer. Moshe proved to be an exceptional shepherd, taking care of Yitro's sheep as if they were his very own. One day, while following some stray sheep, Moshe met an extraordinary sight. Strange? The bush is on fire. Yet it is not being burnt up. I must go for a closer look. This is no ordinary bush. Moshe. Moshe. Here I am. Do not come closer. Take the shoes off your feet, for you are now standing on holy ground. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. I have seen the terrible suffering of my people in Egypt. I will come down and save the Jewish people from their bitter slavery. Then I will bring them to the land of Israel, a land flowing with milk and honey. You, Moshe, will be my messenger to Paro. He will not heed you, and I will harden his heart. But then he will let my people Go. But, 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 Lord, who am I to take the people out of Egypt? I, a, a plain shepherd, to give commands to Paro? Have no fear. You will be my messenger. I will be with you always, as I was with you when you escaped Haro's sword. And, and, the, and the people? And the people? Are they truly worthy of being redeemed? Yes, because after they are free from slavery, they will accept my Torah, the word of God, on this very mountain. But they will not be, believe that, that, that you spoke to me. How, how will I convince them? Moshe, what is that in your hand? It, it, it's a staff. Throw it to the ground. A snake! Take it by its tail. It's, be it's become a staff again. A second sign. Put your hand next to your chest and take it out. My hand, it's, it's, it's become white with, with, with leprosy. Put your hand back and take it out once more. It's healed. Here is yet a third sign. Go to the river of Egypt and take some water from there. When you pour it, a 
upon the dry land, it will turn to blood. Perform all these three signs before the elders of Israel, and they will surely believe you. Seven days had passed after the meeting at the burning bush, yet Moshe was still not ready to accept his mission. Please, God, do not send me. I, I, I can hardly talk. I cannot be your messenger. Who makes a man's mouth? Who gives them the power of speech? Who makes people deaf, blind, or gives them sight? Is it not I, the Lord? Dear God, I beg you, do not send me. How can I, how can I face Paro when I, when I stutter like this? Have no fear. You will be my messenger to the king of Egypt, and you will succeed. Your brother Aharon will be your spokesman. Now, Moshe, go to Paro with your staff and lead my people out of Egypt. Quickly, Moshe gathered his family and a few belongings and left Midian to redeem his people. Moshe told Aharon all about his encounter with God at the burning bush. He then gathered the elders of Israel to perform the astonishing three signs. Look at his head. How did Look he do that? Hands. What? Ew. There is hope at last. Finally! And now let us go to Paro, and together we will command him to let our people go! The elders joined Moshe and Aharon as they marched towards the palace. However, as they drew nearer and nearer to the inner court of the supreme tyrant of Egypt, terror and dread came over the elders, and one by one they dropped back leaving Moshe and Aharon alone to face the cruel Paro. Well, well, well. After all these years, Moshe returns. Do you come to bring me gifts? Aharon, speak up. No, Paro, we bring you the word of God. What is this nonsense? So says the God of Israel. Let my people go so that they shall serve me. Who is this God that I should listen to? I don't know your God, and I will not let your people go. Absolutely not. Why are you disturbing my slaves from their work? Both of you, out immediately! It seems to me that it's time for a new decree. <laughs> the very next day in the slave pits, Paro's newest evil decree went into effect. <laughs> it sure looks like our lucky day. No more bricks, no more work, 
after laying an all-time record of 546 bricks yesterday, they must be giving our group a well-deserved break. Wrong! Paro has decided you will no longer be supplied with bricks. From now on, make your own! And 546 of them every single day, or else... Make our own? How? Easy! Can't you see the straw all over the place? Huh? You gather the straw, mix it with water and earth, and form the bricks! Now get going! Straw? What straw? This is impossible! Ridiculous! We'll never make our quota like this! And whose fault is it? Motion! Wait, 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 let me explain. This is all because of you. But, 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 what did you tell Paro? Things are much worse now. They no longer supply us with bricks. Now we don't have time to sleep. We slave day and night. Yeah, you and your bright ideas. This you call redemption? Go back to millions. Leave us alone. Out of here. Dear God, why have you done evil to this people? Why did you send me? I, I, I told you, I was not the man for this mission, and, and, and I have failed, for the Jews have not been freed. Do not worry, Moshe. Now you shall see what I will do to Paro. By a strong hand and outstretched arm, he will let the people go. Not only that, he will force them out in such a hurry that they will have no time to prepare food. Aharon, my brother, God is sending me again to the king of Egypt. I, I, I am to command him once more to let the Jewish people go. And, and, and if Paro chooses not to listen, a, a storm of plagues will fall upon, upon Egypt, such as the world has never seen. What will then happen to our people? N not to worry, Aharon. They will be safe. And for a year, that they will witness the amazing and terrifying events punishing the Egyptians. And then they will go free. The two elderly but fearless brothers marched forward to face Paro. At the time, Aharon was 83 years old and Moshe was 80. What are you doing back here? The, the God of Israel demands that, that, that you let the Jewish people out of Egypt. Oh, the God of Israel sent you, you say. Prove it. Let's see a miracle. Aharon, throw down your staff. Now, really, don't you realize that you are in Egypt?
the land famous for magic. Any magician of mine can do the same thing. Let me show you. Magicians, turn your staffs into snakes. Now, change them back into staffs. You get my point, gentlemen? Suddenly, to the utter shock of the magicians... Look what's happening! Incredible! Our own staff is... is... Uh, is... Swallowing our staffs! Now, this is what I call a miracle. Mm -hmm. Just as God had said, Paro refused to listen. For three weeks, Moshe repeated his warning to no avail. Alas, Paro's heart proved to be hard as rock. It was now time to unleash the first plague against Egypt. Aharon, stretch your hand out over the Nile. Then, Strike the river with your staff. Moshe, it's happening. The water is actually turning to blood. Not only did the Nile turn to blood, but every lake, pool, puddle, and pond became blood. No body of water in Egypt was spared. Hey, what's this coming out of my sink? Fruit punch, and it's free. <laughs> That is not fruit punch! Oh no, my bath turned into blood. How will I ever get clean? Before long, the second plague followed. One single giant frog invaded Egypt. Hey, it's a monster! Get it! Clobber it! As the Egyptians attacked it, huge swarms of frogs erupted from its mouth, spreading everywhere. What's the matter? I got a frog in your throat? They're in the food. They're in the oven. They're in the bread. Even Taro was not spared. After these two plagues, did Paro's heart soften? Credit. Not a bit. Not long after, Aharon once again used the staff of Moshe. This time, he struck the ground, causing a cloud of lights to rise up, spreading across Egypt. My fingers are hurting from all this itching! I haven't itched so much since I had the chicken pox! Can you help me scratch my back a little higher and a little lower? Ah, my whole body is itching. Taro's wizards were stumped. Their magic didn't work on lice. The lice were just too small. Mighty Paro, Moshe and Aaron have beaten us. We give up. Your Highness, this must be the finger of God at work. Finger of God? My foot. How dare you suggest that? No. These are all tricks. Tricks, I tell you. Now get out. 
Paro's continued stubbornness brought the next plague upon Egypt. Ouch! Get these beasties off of me! Help! Hey! Quit acting like a bunch of wild animals! Ouch! As the palace was invaded by these ferocious beasts, Paro had a sudden change of heart. All right. For the love of Anubis, leave me All right, Moshe. You win. I will let you go on the condition that you pray to your god to get rid of all these animals. Very well. I will do as you say. But once again, Paro broke his word. His heart became even harder to crack. Egypt would now suffer yet another plague. The Egyptian cattle suddenly became terribly ill and died. The camels that carried heavy loads died. The mighty oxen that pulled the plows died. And even the proud horses that pulled the royal chariots collapsed. The sixth plague came about when Moshe took in his fist a giant handful of furnace soot and threw it up to the sky. God turned it into a thick dust that spread all over Egypt, creating terrible boils upon the skin of the Egyptians and their animals. The boils developed into infectious blisters, destroying the Egyptian skin like fire and spreading across their bodies. The royal wizards, unable to do anything to stop the plague or duplicate it, could not even stand up due to the boils. The nerve of Moshe afflicting us. Yeah, it's enough to make your blood boil. God then instructed Moshe to warn Paro of the next plague, flaming hail. This is ENN. Now for the weather. Forecast this week calls for ice cold hail with what? Balls of burning fire inside freezing ice? Is this someone's idea of a joke? It certainly was no joke. Looks like Moshe is really playing hardball now. The flaming hail smashed trees, wiped out crops, and obliterated every Egyptian garden and orchard. Enough, Moshe. The thunder and pounding hailstorms are driving me crazy. You can leave now. Just stop this plague. But once again, as soon as the plague was over, Paro was stubborn and refused to let the Jews go. What? What? What's that noise? So millions and millions of locusts fell upon Egypt, destroying everything in their path. Not a green leaf was to be seen in all of Egypt. Hey, what happened to my fields? It disappeared! The Egyptians themselves were attacked and stung by the merciless insects as the locusts invaded their homes in dreadful numbers. 
And even after all that, Paro did not let the Jews go. God commanded Moshe to stretch his hand to the sky, bringing a dense blanket of darkness to cover all of Egypt, except where the Jews lived. Hey, who turned out the lights? Uh, this shouldn't be happening. It's the middle of the day. For the first three days, it was so dark that Egyptians could not see in front of their faces. The next three days, the darkness became so thick that the Egyptians could not even move. They stood frozen in their positions. Mommy! Then, out of the darkness of the ninth plague, a light of reasoning entered Paro's stubborn heart. Enough! Go, go! Take your families and go worship your god. Just leave your animals. That's not possible, Paro. We'll need our animals also. Then no. Forget it. No deal. And with that last quick turn of defiance, Paro sealed his country's doom. As the day of God's tenth and final plague drew near. At midnight, on the 15th day of the Hebrew month of Nisan, the God of Israel will send a plague of such dread and horror that it will equal all the other plagues which have come so far. The tenth, last, and greatest plague of all will kill every firstborn Egyptian throughout this land. After that plague, you will not be so defiant. In fact, you will come to me and beg us to leave. Moshe then called a meeting. Fellow Jews, I carry a very important message from God. For our freedom is only days away. Every family must take a lamb or goat on the 10th day of Nisan and keep it in their homes for four days. Then, on the 14th of Nisan, the lamb shall be slaughtered, roasted whole, and eaten after nightfall with matzah and moror. It must be finished quickly before daybreak. In addition, you must smear some of the blood on your doorposts and the beam above the doorway. At midnight, on the 14th, God brought the last plague upon Egypt. Moshe had said, this final plague killed all of the firstborn in the land. And true to the prophecy, God did, in fact, pass over the Jewish homes, leaving their firstborns safe. There seems to be certain death for all firstborn.
Excellence, your majesty. <sighs> what? What am I going to do? I too am a firstborn. I could die any minute. I hate to admit it, but there's only one person who can help me. Moshe. Prepare my chariot. Hurry. All right, Moshe. I have come to you as you predicted. Now go, go, leave my land. I'm sorry. Go quickly with all the Jewish people and go serve your God. <laughs> Take your families, your animals, everything. Just go. No, Paro. We shall not leave like thieves in the night. We shall leave proudly in the light of the day, so that all of Egypt may see what the hand of God has done for his people. Besides, there are still a couple of things that need attending to. And so Moshe and Aharon spoke with the Jewish people to make last preparations for their journey out of Egypt. People of Israel, God has commanded us to go ask of the Egyptians gold, silver, jewels, and treasures. Do this now, so we may leave Egypt today. Take my jewelry, my diamond rings. It's all yours, anything. Wait, wait, you forgot a matching bracelet. Even after receiving the wealth from the Egyptians, the Jews felt no greed. Rather, they felt a sense of humble satisfaction and relief. Their redemption was finally here. And so, over 3,000 years ago, a historic moment began as 600,000 men, along with their wives and children, marched out of Egypt. Not a dog barked as they left the land of their slavery with their heads held high and hearts full of joy. As they journeyed through the desert, the God of Israel lovingly provided for the Jews miraculous protection. A pillar of cloud pointed the way for them to travel during the day and protected them from the heat of the blazing desert sun. As night fell, a spectacular pillar of fire appeared to light their path, shielding them from prowling beasts and the chilling cold of night. Back at the palace. How could I have let my slaves go? I must recapture them. Paro hurried to prepare his army for the final pursuit. Citizens of the Egyptian Empire, you have the honor of joining your king in a royal campaign. Those who ride with me to recapture my slaves will be richly rewarded, and I will be the one to personally lead the charge. Has Paro lost his mind? That's all we need. An eleventh plague! And that's not all, brave men of Egypt. Instead of me taking the greatest part of the captured treasures, 
After this battle, I will share the wealth equally with you. Victory, Egypt! We ride with you, mighty Paro! Attack for the honor and glory of Egypt! This is from the Nile Nose here. Reporting for ENN, Egyptian Nile News. Live from Paro's attack force, the chase is on. I am here on one of the 600 finest war chariots pursuing the Jewish slaves exiting Egypt. It is only six days since Paro freed the slaves, and now the king has had a complete change of heart. What's this? I can see just ahead. Yes. The Jewish people are anxiously standing on the shore of the Sea of Reeds. Look! The Egyptian army! Led by Paro himself! Oh no! We gotta run for our lives! Run? Run where? Into the sea? We're trapped! Look! Pillars of fire and smoke are moving! Incredible! The wind here by the Sea of Reeds is picking up speed. The pillars of cloud and fire are moving from the front of the Jewish camp to the back. It's blocking the advance of the Egyptians. You're not going to believe this. The cloud pillar has cast a shadow here so dense, it's created total darkness. Chariots, <laughs> Meanwhile, in the Jewish camp, people of Israel, the pillar of fire shall give us all the light we need for the next step of our journey. Next step? Where? Into the sea? But who shall go first? Don't look at me. As the people stood by the sea, hesitating, Nachshon, son of Aminadav, the prince of the tribe of Yehuda, leaped into the stormy waves. Immediately following him were others from his tribe. The water was deep, and the wind soon pushed the waves over their heads. Don't let us crawl! Save us! Help! We can't go any further! Oh, what a predicament! The Jews are jumping into the sea. It looks like many of them are drowning. <laughs> Do they think that they can simply swim across the stormy waters? Their faith has made them fools! <laughs> what Paro did not know was that God would, once again, guide Moshe in what would be the final climax of the last leg of the journey out of Egypt. I command this sea now to part its waters, open a path to the Jewish people, to pass safely, safely. Astounding! What an earth-shattering sound! The sea appears to have obeyed Moshe's command, spreading itself apart. I can now see the floor of the sea. Unbelievable! The waters have shot up into the sky, forming enormous solid walls. I see it, but I don't believe it. The Jews that were drowning have been saved. 
his army into the path that had formed in the sea. Faster! Faster, you fools! They're almost at the other side! Quickly! They're gaining ground! They're gonna attack us! They've all reached the other side. The water will soon cave in. We have to act now! We're in range! Now, what are you waiting for? Fire! Fire! I command the waters to return! Whoa, whoa. This is not uh-oh. looking good! Are we on? I'm here near the other side of the Sea of Reeds. What I've just witnessed was amazing, astonishing, astounding, nothing short of a miracle. The Jewish camp has defeated the Egyptian army, led by the ruthless Paro. Freedom is now theirs. This is Ramsey Nile Nose, reporting for the Mideast News and Views. More than one month later, on the sixth day of the Hebrew month of Sivan, the Jewish nation was now ready for the most spectacular, monumental event in history, the receiving of the Torah on Mount Sinai. They had risen from being the lowliest of slaves to take on their special destiny as servants of God and a light to the nations of the world. Out of Egypt is a Shazak production. For group sales and presentations, please visit www dot shazak dot com <laughs>